What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...his tail. In the first moment of reaction, from the anguish of his fear, the sunshine seemed to waver before Almayer's eyes, and he listened to words spoken around him without comprehending their meaning. When, by a strong effort of will, he regained the possession of his senses, Mamat was saying, That is the way, Tuan. His sarong was caught in the broken branch, and he hung with his head under water. When I saw what it was, I did not want it here. I wanted it to get clear and drift away. Why should we bury a stranger in the midst of our houses, for his ghost to frighten our women and children? Have we not enough ghosts about this place? A murmur of approval interrupted him here. Mama looked reproachfully at Babalatchi. But the Tuan Babalatchi ordered me to drag the body ashore, he went on, looking round at his audience, but addressing himself only to Almayer, and I dragged him by the feet. In through the mud I have dragged him, although my heart longed to see him float down the river, to strand, perchance, on Bolanji's clearing. May his father's grave be defiled. There was subdued laughter at this, for the enmity of Mamat and Balanji was a matter of common notoriety and of undying interest to the inhabitants of Sambir. In the midst of that mirth, Mrs. Almayer wailed suddenly again. Allah! What ails the woman? exclaimed Mamat angrily. Here I have touched this carcass, which came from nobody knows where, and have most likely defiled myself before eating rice. By orders of Tuan Bablachi, I did this thing to please the white man. Are you pleased, O Tuan Almayer? And what will be my recompense? Tuan Bablachi said a recompense there will be, and from you. Now consider, I have been defiled, and if not defiled, I may be under the spell. Look at his anklets. Who ever heard of a corpse appearing during the night amongst the logs with gold anklets on its legs? There is witchcraft there. However, added Mamat, after a reflective pause, I will have the anklet, if there is permission, for I have a charm against the ghosts, and am not afraid. God is great. A fresh outburst of noisy grief from Mrs. Almayer checked the flow of Mamat's eloquence. Almayer, bewildered, looked in turn at his wife, at Mamat, at Bablachi, and at last arrested his fancied gaze on the body lying on the mud, with covered face in a grotesquely unnatural contortion of mangled and broken limbs, one twisted and lacerated arm, with white bones protruding in many places through the torn flesh stretched out, 
the hand with outspread fingers nearly touching his foot. "'Do you know who this is?' he asked of Babalatchi in a low voice. Babalatchi, staring straight before him, hardly moved his lips, while Mrs. Almayer's persistent lamentations drowned the whisper of his murmured reply intended only for Almayer's ear. "'It was fate. Look at your feet, white man. I can see a ring on those torn fingers, which I know well.' Saying this, Babalatchi stepped carelessly forward, putting his foot as if accidentally on the hand of the corpse and pressing it into the soft mud. He swung his staff menacingly towards the crowd, which fell back a little. "'Go away,' he said sternly, "'and send your women to their cooking fires, which they ought to not have left to run after a dead stranger. This is men's work here. I take him now in the name of the Rajah. Let no man remain here but Tuan Almayer's slaves. Now go. The crowd reluctantly began to disperse. The women went first, dragging away the children that hung back with all their weight on the maternal hand. The men strolled slowly after them in ever-forming and changing groups that gradually dissolved as they neared the settlement and every man regained his own house with steps quickened by the hungry anticipation of the morning rice. Only on the slight elevation where the land sloped down towards the muddy point of a few men, either friends or enemies of Mamat, remained gazing curiously for some time longer at the small group standing around the body on the river bank. "'I do not understand what you mean, Babalachi,' said Almayer. "'What is the ring you are talking about? Whoever he is, you have trodden on the poor fellow's hand right into the mud.' "'Uncover his face,' he went on, addressing Mrs. Almayer, who, squatting by the head of the corpse, rocked herself to and fro, shaking from time to time her dishevelled grey locks, and muttering mournfully. "'Hi!' exclaimed Mamat, who had lingered close by. "'Look, Tuan, the logs came together so!' And here he pressed the palms of his hands together. "'And his head must have been between them, and now there is no face for you to look at.' There are his flesh and bones, the nose and the lips, and maybe his eyes. But nobody could tell the one from the other. It was written the day he was born that no man could look at him in death, and be able to say, This is my friend's face. Silence, Mamat, enough, said Babalatchi, and take thy eyes off his anklet, thou eater of pig's flesh. Tuan Almayer, he went on, lowering his voice, have you seen Dain this morning? Almayer opened his eyes wide and looked alarmed. No, he said quickly. Haven't you seen him? Is he not with the Rajah? I am waiting. Why does he not come? Babalatchi nodded his head sadly. He is come, Tuan. He left last night when the storm was great and the river spoke angrily. The night was very black, but he had within him a light that showed the way to your house as smooth as a narrow backwater and the many logs no bigger than wisps of dried grass. Therefore he went, and now he lies here. And Babalatchi nodded his head towards the body. "'How can you tell?' said Almayer, excitedly, pushing his wife aside. He snatched the cover off and looked at the formless mass of flesh, hair, and drying mud where the face of the drowned man should have been. "'Nobody can tell,' he added, turning away with a shudder. Babalatchi was on his knees, wiping the mud from the stiffened fingers of the outstretched hand. He rose to his feet 
and flashed before Almayer's eyes a gold ring set with a large green stone. "'You know this well,' he said. "'This never left Dain's hand. I had to tear the flesh now to get it off. Do you believe me now?' Almayer raised his hands to his head and let them fall listlessly by his side in the utter abandonment of despair. Babalatchi, looking at him curiously, was astonished to see him smile. A strange fancy had taken possession of Almayer's brain, distracted by this new misfortune. It seemed to him that for many years he had been falling into a deep precipice. Day after day, month after month, year after year, he had been falling, falling, falling. It was a smooth, round, black thing, and the black walls had been rushing upwards with wearisome rapidity. A great rush, the noise of which he fancied he could hear yet. And now, with an awful shock, he had reached the bottom, and behold, he was alive and whole, and Dain was dead with all his bones broken. It struck him as funny. A dead Malay. He had seen many dead Malays without any emotion, and now he felt inclined to weep. But it was over the fate of a white man he knew, a man that fell over a deep precipice and did not die. He seemed somehow to himself to be standing on one side, a little way off, looking at a certain Almayer who was in great trouble. Poor, poor fellow! Why doesn't he cut his throat? He wished to encourage him. He was very anxious to see him lying dead over that other corpse. Why does he not die and end this suffering? He groaned aloud unconsciously, and started with affright at the sound of his own voice. Was he going mad? Terrified by the thought, he turned away and ran towards his house, repeating to himself, I am not going mad. Of course not. No, no, no. He tried to keep a firm hold of the idea. Not mad, not mad. He stumbled as he ran blindly up the steps, repeating fast and ever, faster those words wherein seemed to lie his salvation. He saw Nina standing there, and wished to say something to her, but could not remember what. In his extreme anxiety not to forget that he was not going mad, which he still kept repeating mentally as he ran round the table, till he stumbled against one of the armchairs and dropped into it exhausted. He sat staring widely at Nina, still assuring himself mentally of his own sanity, and wondering why the girl shrank from him in open-eyed alarm. What was the matter with her? This was foolish. He struck the table violently with his clenched fist, and shouted hoarsely, Give me some gin! Run! Then, while Nina ran off, he remained in the chair, very still and quiet, astonished at the noise he had made. Nina returned with a tumbler half-filled with gin, and found her father staring absently before him. Almayer felt very tired now, as if he had come from a long journey. He felt as if he had walked miles and miles that morning, and now wanted to rest very much. He took the tumbler with a shaking hand, and as he drank his teeth chattered against the glass, which he drained and set down heavily on the table. He turned his eyes slowly towards Nina, standing beside him, and said steadily, "'Now all is over, Nina. He is dead.' and I may as well burn all my boats. He felt very proud of being able to speak so calmly. Decidedly, he was not going mad. This certitude was very comforting, and he went on talking about the finding of the body, 
listening to his own voice complacently. Nina stood quietly, her hand resting lightly on her father's shoulder, her face unmoved, but every line of her features, the attitude of her whole body expressing the most keen and anxious attention. "'And so Dain is dead?' she said coldly, when her father ceased speaking. Almayer's elaborately calm demeanour gave way in a moment to an outburst of violent indignation. "'You stand there as if you were only half alive.' "'With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.' "'Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to—' "'Has anyone seen the bride and groom?' "'Sorry, sorry, we're here. "'We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.' "'No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.' In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.